When we think of the future of leadership in sales, what, or rather who, do we see? Women in Sales Everywhere and Sales Loft have teamed up to answer this question, and let me assure you, there's no doubt that the future is female. I'm Sydney Sloan, Chief Marketing Officer at Sales Loft. And I'm Alex Adamson, Executive Director of Women in Sales Everywhere. We'll be sitting down with each outstanding female leader on our inaugural Future Female CROs list to discuss everything from their sales philosophies to how they keep their lives organized to how they unwind after a breakneck day. Together, we'll dig into exactly what makes each of these women so extraordinary. Thanks for listening. Greetings and good day. My name is Sydney Sloan, and I have the good fortune to be the CMO at SalesLoft. Today, I'm speaking with Priya Voss from BetterUp. In her wise and sales loft best CRO caption, we titled you the self-assured superstar. So we're going to definitely dive into that because I love that concept of self-assuredness and being grounded and knowing who you are so you can do a better job of leading others. But a little bit of Priya's background, she is a commercial leader with over 15 years of experience in SaaS and advisory services, and her passion is developing high-performing teams and is especially committed to supporting and celebrating women in the sales profession. Thank you very much. It's getting better and better every day. She is currently the Regional Vice President of Sales at BetterUp, offering coaching with AI technology and behavioral science to help deliver personalized behavior change at scale. In her role, she's leading teams responsible for new customer acquisition across enterprise and mid-sized organizations. With her years of experience, Priya has collected her fair share of lessons. The most poignant, however, has little to do with SaaS or her business acumen, which I am sure is very strong. Rather, her notion of how to feel comfortable with who she is in and out of the workplace and bringing that authenticity to work every day is perhaps her most valuable lesson. And that is going to be what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about being an entrepreneur, building teams, and maybe not using not a little bit non-traditional sense of how to think about building teams, as well as exploring authenticity and building relationships. It's going to be a fantastic conversation. I'm really looking forward to it. Before we start, though, Priya, what did I miss in your background? Tell us a little bit about, uh, about you more for the audience to get to know you. Yeah, and thanks for having me. It's so good to chat with you, Sydney. So I think you got everything for my current role. Uh, so I'm I'm based in Denver, Colorado, and the team that I lead kind of is in the western part of the United States and leading a fun expansion into Canada. But I think like a lot of the other women that are in this group, definitely an accidental career in sales. I thought I was going to be uh, either a teacher or attorney. I dreamed of being actually a law school professor. Uh, And so I went to school for both education as well as government and politics. And I decided to take a little bit of a break uh, in between college and thinking about my next step and ended up in a BDR job. So my job was making 100 dials a day. uh, And I never saw myself in sales until I had a really powerful conversation with an executive who kept me on the phone for 45 minutes uh, when I was just trying to schedule a meeting. And, And after we hung up, I thought, well, maybe I could actually do this. And so I've had an awesome 15-year journey since then, both as individual contributors, but also managing teams. And that is really what I'm passionate about. Uh, So I started my career off at CEB, now owned by Gartner, and then uh, spent seven awesome years at SAP, selling into a, a number of different domains. And I think what always comes back to me is 
that bug I had as a child wanting to teach and coach is very evident in why I love being a sales leader. Um, My happiest moments are when I am actually in the trenches with the team, actually being able to work through challenges, see the light bulbs going off people's heads. That's what gives me excitement and why I wake up every day. That's awesome. Allie O'Brien also is at CEB. She's also on on the list. I don't know if you two knew each other back then, but uh, CEB, great training ground for a lot of really fantastic sales leaders these days. Indeed. (laughs) We know that you can't go to school to get a sales degree, unfortunately, but teachers are one of the most successful trained professions in the sales industry. So it has to do, I think, with that teaching and connecting desire. The next question we always ask on Hey Salespeople is a little bit of insight into how you get inspired through a favorite book or a podcast. So if you were to think about what inspires you, what what would you recommend? Yeah, so I'll share something I'm listening to now and reading. So I'm reading a book called The Burnout Fix um, by Jacinta Jimenez. Um, It is an awesome book around, I'll actually, I can show you the title. It's, It's sitting on my desk right now. It's how to overcome being overwhelmed, busy, but still sustaining success. And I'm reading it now, especially after the year that we had. The workday doesn't stop. It's really easy to get engrossed in everything and not take that time and set boundaries to replenish. And so it's a great reminder that you can still be really successful and work hard, but also invest the time in yourself to recharge. Um, Because I think a lot of us in sales who are go, 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 think that work harder is sometimes better. And I think the moments that I have taken time to time out are just really energizing and good for everybody, myself and my team included. So definitely would suggest this book. And then I listened to Adam Grant's um, Work Life podcast. The one I would definitely recommend for any sellers listening, he did an episode two weeks ago on escalation of commitment around the thought process and the psychology behind why do we get attached to bad ideas? And I think the parallel, I actually just had my team do a book club on this. Everyone listened and we all brought ideas to the table of how is this applicable to us as sellers? Why do we chase the wrong deals? Why do we overinvest when all the signals are telling us this isn't going to come in this quarter? Uh, And so some of the things that we can do to be accountable to each other and ourselves around making sure we're spending the right effort on the right time. But the Work Life podcast, he had Jane Goodall on to talk about parallels between primates and humans and emotions. So it's just a really cool cross-functional topical podcast. Awesome. We'll put that in the notes of uh, the promo so people can have an easy link to that. Uh, definitely sounds interesting and 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 useful right away. The, the last question in the tee-up is um, your first job in sales. So uh, you mentioned that you had a teaching background. Did, did you do something else in your earlier life that gave you a, a taste of sales before then? As a child, so I was a Girl Scout um, and this was before you could, you know, post things online to take orders. So I went door to door with a wagon. I would say the most poignant sales memory as a child. So my best friend, Sharon, and I had a lemonade stand, but we didn't have a lot of traffic. And so we were obviously weren't selling a lot. And so one of the things is you go to where your customers are. So we decided we would sell door to door lemonade. And so we just knocked on people's doors to try and get more traffic and sales because it wasn't working sitting at our little table all day. So it's clearly evident in my DNA. Strong lessons there. Go to where your customers are. Okay, we're going to get into the meat of what 
you think about building teams. So better up, you may not have heard of it until recently when uh, you, your company made the news on bringing on Prince Harry as part of the better up team. And we were talking about this a little ahead of time and talking about being a big dreamer and going after it. So, I mean, that's kind of a non-typical person in a non-typical role. How, what do you think about bringing people in that may not have had the experience or may not be the typical person in the, in the role? How does that impact the way that you hire and build teams? It's a great question. It's something that we're constantly thinking about around, especially in today's environment, right? Where our emotional regulation has been tested, our resilience has been tested. I think the adage of like, you know, past performance is not an indicator of future success is totally real right now because as those of us who were in the field before, you had those magic moments, right, with your customers where you had the ride up in the elevator where you could chat about expectations or you had the debrief afterwards where you could get the real talk of what was going on. Now, today, we're a Zoom call to Zoom call to Zoom call, and that magic is gone. And so as I think about what has made some of my sellers shine, it is really that ability to connect at a human level through the computer screen. And I, I think that is something, to your point about teachers, that's not a legacy talent I think all sellers have. And so I think this idea of you know alternate profiles are really interesting to me, because as we think about intellectual curiosity, hunger grit, right? Just your overall, do you want this, right? And a connection to your role and your brand and being able to see past the me and and look at the bigger we. Those are things that I think you can find evident in lots of different role structures. And so to me, I think when you have those core competencies and you can demonstrate self-awareness, you can demonstrate high levels of EQ, Selling is something you can learn. How do you interview for those? Like, how do you assess if people have those characteristics? I got advice from one of our sales leaders, Duke, uh, earlier today. He said, if you can ask an A player and a C player the same question and they can give you the same answer, it's not a good question. So it was really, it made me think of like the typical questions around like, how many times have you made winner's circle? Or tell me about your average deal size, Right. Those aren't necessarily screening for some of those mindsets and the behaviors that we're looking for. And so one of the questions I like to ask is around what's your superpower and what's your Achilles heel? So getting at at kind of self-awareness or what makes you successful Um, and somebody really having a strong awareness of how their process, their personality, their grit leads them to being successful in role. A lot of times we'll talk about, you know, as we think about grit is not talking about the things that have gone well in your life. It's really uncomfortable. Nobody wants to spend talking about the things they've messed up, but it's really powerful to understand how somebody's learned from a setback in their life. And so those to me are the questions where you have to dig a little bit deeper and kind of getting into some of those. But um, those I think have exposed also brilliant moments of like, oh my gosh, this person could be so good at this. I'm curious too, um, and I think interviewing is an absolute skill. I remember one time I got asked this question and I haven't used it as much as I probably should have, but they asked me in my previous roles, like how would my managers rate me on a scale of one to 10 and why? You know, of course you want to put your best self forward, but I think, you know, what they were looking for is, you know, true assessment. How have you learned from job to job? And so that idea of reflection, awareness, changing, 
Um, and I would say the other thing too is coachability, especially if it's someone that hasn't been in sales before, like how do you assess for coachability? And what I love doing in that is kind of give them feedback and see how they interpret it to like re-answer a question. Maybe they didn't nail the question the way that you were hoping they would. And if you reframe it, because maybe we asked the question wrong, right? Um, so maybe if you reframe it, give them coaching and ask them to answer it again, what would they do? As a leader, where would you put that in terms of your priorities, right? Because if you're in a high scale growth, like hiring a team, like how, how do you think of hiring as it relates to your day-to-day responsibility? It is my number one. And I would say, it, is it always deliberately at the forefront of everything that I do every day? No, but I think if we don't make building relationships, building really strong talent pipeline, having really strong employer branding around what is the experience of why somebody would join here, it catches up to you. I mean, I've been on a sales team where we're limping along because we've got four territories open and we're trying to hit a number, right? That doesn't have anything to do with pipeline or anything else. It has to do with people. And so it's what right now I'm spending the most amount of my time doing. I've gone from a team of nine to I'll have a team of 20 by the end of July, which is just crazy. But I think this is the one thing we don't spend enough time on in cultivating sales leaders, because you're right, like interviewing is a skill and it is hard. And it's really easy to ask bad questions that don't get you anywhere, right? And as we think about bias and equity in our hiring practices, right? Like, I think we should all spend more time talking about what's working and what's not as we're thinking about finding the right fit and and creating a really great candidate experience as well. Yeah. Um, two other things that that we do and, and kind of diving deep into hiring, but I think as the you know world opens back up and we see people building their teams and everybody I'm talking to is hiring, which is fantastic. That's really good for all of us. But one of the things we do is called, it's called a top grade interview. And if people want to look it up, it's, there is a methodology behind it. But basically you start at the beginning, like in high school, and you ask questions around how they determined to go to college. Did they apply to many colleges? And then once you're in college, and so you're kind of doing from the beginning to current, asking questions about their behavior. And again, what you're doing is you're looking for patterns. Like, are they learning? Are they growing? Are they looking for new roles? Are they being pulled into new roles? What does that tell you about them? And, and so it's a fascinating process to go through. And depending on the longevity of somebody's career, it could be an hour. For me, I think it was four hours. I like to talk. And so I think that's just a super tool to really get to know somebody out of a common just interview question answer example kind of uh, scenario. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna change gears a little bit because we have to talk about the, the moniker that we that we gave you being the self-assured superstar. And I think we, we talked a little bit about this being around authenticity and self-awareness. And I, I want to read a quote that you said in your original interview with us. Early on in my career, there was definitely a, quote, professional version and, quote, a personal version of myself. I think it had a lot to do with confidence and a belief that I had to be put on a different face at work to be taken seriously. My husband used to poke fun of me because I had a quote sales voice when I'd be on work-related calls. I felt that I always needed to have the right answer and that asking for help was showing a weakness. So here's a question. When did the penny drop for you that you could be just you and not the professional you? I think it's been an evolution over time. I don't know if there was that profound moment of like, I'm going to you know wipe the make off of my face and go. It's been in really looking at 
behaviors of others, right? So as I've seen more leaders in my experience and how they interact with their teams and the tone that they set and the cultures that they're building, right? There isn't a one size fits all approach. I remember my first performance review when I was an AE, my boss had written, this stuck with me, you have to stop saying yes to everything. And that stuck with me because I thought that saying yes was a good thing. I thought that was my job as a salesperson, just to like get it done and say yes and make it happen. And I think one lesson I learned was saying no is very powerful, um, both internally and with customers, right? As we think about equitable, balanced relationships. And I think that is more the domain of Priya outside of work. I'm not afraid to say no in my personal life. So I think that snuck in as that light bulb went over my head. You know, the humanity of of work as well. Um, I think as, you know, we've gotten older and, you know, life is, life happens, right? Parents get sick, right? There are family issues. You have, everybody has things. And I think like, you can't always just be your work self at work. Everything that happens before and after the workday also creeps in because that's who we are. And so that to me is like being able to step back and just be really authentic around like, I just am not feeling motivated today. What do you do when you don't feel motivated, right? And just having those kinds of discussions as a leader with your team. I remember the first time I said that to one of my reps, like, are you supposed to be telling me this? Like, aren't you supposed to always be motivated? And I think just bringing that humanity into the role gives you that space to be like, we're ourselves at work. And I think this last year has really reinforced that, that everything doesn't need to be perfect all the time. You know, you don't wake up every day feeling like you're 125% and that's okay. I think it matters at the end of the day of like, what's your why? Like what drives you? Are you doing what's expected of you and making sure that the job gets done? But in terms of how it gets done, there's so many different paths. And I think that was a really, I I think that's the thing that I may be most proud of myself is that I've stepped into myself and trying to step into something that is the idealistic version of, of who I am. And I believe leadership sets the tone, right? Wherever you put the watermark is where people are going to go. So the more authentic, vulnerable, all those great words that we can talk about in the workplace today, you are, it opens the door for your team to be that as well. I mentor a lot of younger um, women in sales roles or just in general, she had switched from a female boss to a male boss. And she was afraid to share some of the things that were, you know, she struggled with many people, not just her, but, you know, suffering from imposter syndrome syndrome or anxiety. When you think about your self-assuredness, I'm sure you've had those same conversations because it's, it's common. It's reality. It's who we are. How do you coach people when they come to you with that kind of concern. You know, I feel like I'm imposing or I have anxiety or I could talk to you Priya because you're this authentic person but I can't talk to somebody else because I don't have that same kind of relationship. Your point around like leaders set the tone and the pace, like you have to create the space. You know, if somebody came to me and said hey, I'm feeling anxious, right? Like I think it's not about anxious about the job, it's like anxious in general. So like let's dig into the why. How do you want me to help, right? So just being the person that is there to help them navigate, because it may just be that they need a listening ear in a mentorship relationship, or it may be that they're looking for very concrete advice and guidance because they feel lost. This is where like, I'm not a consultant trying to solve your problem for you. And so it's just around, let's create the space to understand why, what do you need from me? And then it's bringing in additional resources or support as needed. So maybe if it's, hey, do you feel comfortable with me sharing this with your manager? 
and making sure that you feel supported, right? There could be multiple paths of how we get there. But if somebody comes to me with something that is, you know, quote unquote, vulnerable, or they're looking or seeking feedback or advice, to me, I feel like it's my responsibility to listen and then triage as necessary. I would never, you know, play hot potato, so to speak, and say, well, you're not my person, so it's not my problem. It's totally not my MO. (laughs) Mentorship. And having these relationships are so important for when you find yourself in a work situation you don't know how to handle, that you've got other people to lean on to ask for advice so you know what to do. So definitely encouraging people to build those networks and to build the mentoring relationships. A little bit of the other side of the coin. So we've talked a lot about internal and hiring and you know authenticity in the workplace. One of the other parts of authenticity is is that relationship with customers. And you mentioned you know, being able to say no to customers. How do you, especially now, coach or on your own, build authentic relationships with your customers? Spending time as much as possible, just asking the, how, you know, how are you? And actually wanting to know the answer, right? Um, wanting to know what's going on in folks' lives, right? So carving out time to actually build those connections um, instead of, you know, you know, or second one from the meeting, we're going straight into the agenda, things like that. We have to be more mindful of how we allocate time to build those relationships and connecting it that way. But it's also like, I think it's disrespectful not to do really good research on your customer, you know, understand where they are, right? Understand what's going on in their like local climate and talking about the return to work strategy and what are their personal plans as we think about the next three to six months, right? Those are things that can really expose a lot of interesting things about your customer, right? I, you know, it might be, hey, I'm not coming back to work because I care for an elderly parent. Or, hey, I've decided to homeschool school my children permanently. That's why I'm not going back to work. Whatever the reason may be, those are little indicators of how we can connect as people. And so I've been really trying to coach my team on being more deliberate around connecting at the human level, not just at the deal level. Because if we just keep our relationships at the commercial level, we're never going to kind of forge beyond that where we're talking about it's not better up doing a deal with sales loft. It's Priya and Sydney having a relationship. Uh, And so I think like it's incumbent upon our sales team itself to really make sure we're creating that space to say like, Hey, we want to make you personally successful, your organization successful, your employees more successful. We only go about doing that if we understand both motivations that are of corporate objectives as well as personal objectives. I think the key in that answer too was authentic, you know, you, you genuine curiosity to the point where you're not just, Hey, you know, Priya, I know you live in Denver. It snowed yesterday. Like, you know, I do know it snowed in Denver yesterday, but that's not it. It's like really being thoughtful about the questions that you're asking. And then how do you reflect that back in future conversations to show that you listened and cared and, and continue to come back to it as, as if you were cultivating any relationship, friendship, work relationship. So that's really, really good advice. I knew this was going to go fast. Um, And I do want to end with one final question as you have been recognized as a future female CRO. Congratulations. Looking and listening to all of the ladies that were selected, that where they are on their path, um, some early on, some like, right, you know, the next step is CRO. What do you see as your success? Like if you were to imagine into the future three to five years from now, where do you see yourself? So it's funny, the CRO, I I learned a lesson in my last company where I'm trying to check my ambition with what's actually good for me and what I like spending my time doing. So I think I'm still exploring. Is CRO the right fit that gives me 
get, gives me joy, right? That brings me purpose, right? Or is there something in between? I was in a second line role at my last job and I was too far away from the team and the deals. And I, that's what I love about this job today. Now, will I want to do this 10 years from now? I don't know. That's the beauty of this is that nobody has a crystal ball. No matter where I go, if I have a long, amazing career better up, if I step into another journey in the future, is that I have really great followership of people that will stand by my side, no matter what I do next. I think that to me is an indicator of a really awesome leader. When you have people that want to follow that leader because they believe in them. So I think that is what success would be, is that the people that have been, that I've been by their side, that they've been by my side through everything, that whatever three to five to 10 years looks like, that I can still surround myself with those people professionally. Well, I hope to be part of your network after this. Um, fantastic, Priya Voss. Congratulations again. Thank you for taking the time to share your story and some of your thoughts and insights with our audience. I wish the best of luck to you and uh, look forward to the year ahead as things change and and maybe we're able to see each other in, in person in the near future. So yeah, and on behalf of Sales Loft and Wise, uh, we thank everybody that has listened in today. Thanks for listening. This was Sales Loft and Wise's Future Female CROs. Check back next week for another episode featuring an outstanding female CRO of tomorrow. And until next time, this was Sydney Sloan from Sales Loft and Alex Adamson from Women in Sales Everywhere.